Hi and welcome to the Happiness Safari podcast. I'm so happy you're listening. Today on the podcast, I speak to Elham from Nairobi, Kenya. I met her last year when I was teaching at Bikram Yoga Nairobi and I remembered her as a powerful and happy woman. But during our interview, I learned that she is so much more than this. Alam is a mother of three, a vaginal steam facilitator and a yoga instructor. She recently moved to Kenya from Seattle with her small family to nestle her roots. She studied anthropology and human rights with a specialty in linguistic in London. She loves art and capturing beauty. She most feels at home behind a lens or on her yoga mat. She reveals in travel, reading and eating the yummiest cakes. Her enclave is in a small bookshop and her therapy vintage stores. She's a lover of antiques and wholesome conversations. With Alam, I speak about motherhood and the duality between extreme love and worries, about postnatal depression, Bikram yoga, mirror work, video journaling, religion, and traveling to Mecca. From Alam, you will learn how something which feels sad at the moment can be the best thing ever happened to you, why gratitude can change everything, why life happens for you and not to you how you can prioritize yourself and take time for yourself, even if you have three children, how video journaling can help you to reflect on yourself and get the answers which are already inside of you, why it is so important how we talk to ourselves, and how you can teach your children by inspiration. I felt so blessed and happy during and after this interview. Talking to Alham was truly inspiring and I cannot wait to share it with you. I hope you will find it inspiring as well. Enjoy listening. Hi everybody, welcome to the Happiness Safari podcast and I'm so happy to speak to Alham today. <laughs> welcome, so nice to see you. Hi. You too, thanks for having me. How are you today? I'm doing well today. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to share a little bit about yourself? Tell the listeners who you are. <laughs> sure. My name is Ahlam. It means dreams in Arabic. And um, I was birthed with much ease. So that's why my mom called me Ahlam. Um, I'm currently residing in Nairobi, Kenya. I am a mother of three beautiful children. Um, a vaginal steam facilitator, yoga instructor, and also um, I dabble in fashion anthropology and lots of beautiful things. That's who wow. I am. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and that's uh, yeah, a lot of things in a in a nutshell. Yeah, we met in Nairobi when uh, yeah I was teaching yoga there, and uh, just remember your like positivity and uh, smiling, happy face through all the. Struggles of the of the the classes and uh, what I loved about also practicing in in Kenya we had a little chat about that before it's like there's such an amazing um community and people usually don't really care or like judge you or like uh, how you how you look how what you do like who you are they're just like very lovely and and compassionate and there's always like a chat 
going on in the ladies' changing room that like I loved that um so much. So I remember also that you yeah gave me so many good advice about like traveling in, in Kenya and about like Lamu and places to to visit okay. and yeah, it's such a such a lovely place there. So, Lamu is yeah. like my favorite place. People should definitely <laughs> check out Lamu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so people, if you come to Kenya, you let us know. We give you all the insider tips about about Lamu. And then I know you had quite a, a journey in so many different ways. Like you lived in so many different places, but then obviously, like being a mother of, of three children, this is also a journey itself. And then your your career as well. Would you say um, there was a time in your life where you're starting a journey towards happiness or like a, a happier life? Maybe we spoke about before that there was some kind of reflection. You like to share a little bit about that? Yeah, I would say the first time I journeyed into myself was after a breakup. <laughs> I had a <laughs> I had a wonderful eat, pray, um, love experience. Um, when I was 20, shortly after graduating from university. And um, it was my current husband, who at the time we broke up. Oh, wow. <laughs> we broke up. Yeah, okay. we broke up. And it, and it made me sort of really reflect upon a lot of things. Um, I was very young at the time, very inexperienced. I sort of was like, no, I need to step back and find out who I am and why am I so crushed by this experience? And um, at home, I'm known as the strong one and everyone comes to me for their problems and, you know, the role of cheering them up. And I felt like I couldn't have that space to break down in mm. my space. So luckily, uh, my friend was working in Abu Dhabi and the Middle East and she randomly texted me one day and said, hey, are you interested in a job? I said, of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> and um And within two weeks, I was out. And the beauty of being in that part of the world is that you can travel to different parts of the world. So every other weekend. And this is, uh, yeah, this was 10 years ago. This is wow. 10 because we'll be celebrating our 10th anniversary this month. Um, so, yeah, this was, yeah, 10 years ago, actually. And um, we, so, yeah, I traveled to different places. And back then, I didn't have social media. I don't even think. I'm sure like Facebook was coming up at the time, but I didn't have any social media. Um, I had to buy one of those phone cards to call my parents, which wasn't mm -hmm. quite often. Mm -hmm. So I had complete solitude um, to myself. Um, yeah, I've had complete solitude to myself and I've had moments where I really, really had to ask myself some really tough questions. And I felt, and back then, because Well, now it's so polarized. This concept of working on one on oneself is so polarized. It's everywhere, and people mm -hmm. share their uh, stories, which is so comforting at the same time. Um, but I didn't have that, and I felt very vulnerable as well to share with some of my friends as well because I didn't want people to know that I'm crying over a boy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was the first time that I traveled, and I traveled to different places, and I became deeply in tune with who I am and myself. And yeah, it was just very, very refreshing. And mm. so, yeah, and then he came back into my life a few years later and it was completely different. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Thank you so much for sharing. So would you say it yeah. was also different um, because then actually you changed and you were in a different place. So then you could kind of find each other on a different, on a different level and build something else based on that. 
definitely I would say I definitely changed and it fine-tuned the kind of people I attracted and I would say he was also on his own journey and somehow the frequency met and we were able Mm -hmm. to rekindle and start fresh again um yeah Wow, that's actually a very, very beautiful and inspiring story. Because I guess at that point in your life, when you broke up and you actually felt the way you felt and very like vulnerable and, and sad, that you didn't really think there was something good coming from that, probably, right? So would you say now that was actually a good thing that you broke up at that point? We had to break up, yeah. I yeah. really think we did. Because I wouldn't have been the woman that I am I wouldn't have been the woman that I am today. I wouldn't have had a great sense of, I wouldn't have had the depth of what it means to love and be loved. Mm. Yeah. It would have been an unequal mode of love. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's really beautiful. What do you say is, um, does happiness mean to you? Happiness means many things. Happiness, honestly, just thinking about the word in itself in its authentic sense means so many different things to me. But I think if I was to put it in a nutshell, it means a contented heart mm. and a consistent contented heart. And um, that can be maintained with gratitude. Um, we've, we've witnessed over the last few years, especially with the pandemic, um, just how fragile <clears throat> life is and how ever-changing and ever-evolving and so rapidly um fragile it is and I think Mm. um what really helped me in that moment in those moments was gratitude just knowing that I'm alive I'm able to see the sun I'm able to breathe I'm able to hug my children at night um I'm able to have really deep conversations with my loved ones I'm able to um comfort and be comforted I'm able to love be loved I'm able to yeah. be vulnerable so yeah those are the things that define love I mean happiness for me <laughs> <laughs> I mean happiness can be can be love as well or I think can be can be connected and uh, yeah no I think that's that's very nice and I mean very true also that um, it is related to, to gratitude um I feel that like comes up all the time like kind of being grateful for what you actually have and that gives you that that sense of contentment so you already kind of gave us a hint what would you say you do to to be happy or to maintain that happiness and that contentment um spirituality gratitude knowing a high divine power and knowing Mm. that um I am I am safe I'm safe Mm. even in the rainstorms I am safe um knowing that life happens um and so there's a quote that I and I don't know if I'm butchering it but life happens it doesn't happen to us or is it life I'd have to find that quote for you doesn't have it doesn't happen to you but it happens for you yeah it happens for you and I feel like everything in life it's like a dotted line and um, at the moment, we might be just seeing a small pixel of that image, mm. but we don't see the full artistry and the tapestry of what it really is. And mm. sometimes you you find out in the process or sometimes you find out later on when you're on the other side of that experience. 
um I pray <laughs> I make an intention to pray both physically um as a Muslim but also just for humanity sometimes I just sit down and I just make a prayer for myself for my neighbors for my loved ones for the world um another thing that keeps me happy is seeing beautiful colors in nature hmm. and in people and in um, clothes and fashion like admiring beauty is what um what makes me happy being with my children <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes being a stay-at-home mom I'm like ah <laughs> I want to run away uh, and I do give myself moments to actually run away and um I mentioned that I took two solo trips in the last couple of months, um, wow. which was nice. Yeah, which was really nice. I'm able, I'm so, um, I'm so grateful that I have that opportunity to just go away for a few days or a week um, and spend that moment to myself. Um, so yeah, that gives me an immense sense of happiness. So yeah. yeah. Wow, that's amazing, actually. I mean, that you also do that and you kind of listen To yourself when you give yourself what you need because um I feel like often when you're like a mother of like especially like three children I feel like there are probably many listeners who think like they they can't really do it or they don't really take the time for themselves like and I spoke to many <laughs> parents who kind of like are losing themselves a little bit and of course you like enjoy the moments with your children but I, I guess you're enjoying them even more when you are apart from them for a couple of days and then you come back and you are refreshed and in your own energy and in a space where you can like give them even more absolutely yeah it's molding like honestly raising children um like I said we, we, we mentioned earlier it's I'm in between the duality and I'm sure most parents can agree you're in between the duality of extreme love, like you've never experienced such love, maybe with a puppy, I don't know. <laughs> But it's like, <laughs> you have extreme love on one side and then on the other side, you have this extreme sense of worry of what could happen and, and so you're stuck in the duality of that space. And um, for me, taking moments to myself is also teaching them that it's okay to take time out for yourself. And um, we have this sense of, we have this, um, you know, self-care moments in our house. And my little son made plaques of meditation, spa nights. <laughs> so mm -hmm. We have different plaques. I should have one that says do not disturb <laughs> because my kids disturb me sometimes when I'm doing work. But um, yeah, so we have little plaques and sometimes, you know, um, and even them, even for them to have the verbiage of, you know, mom's meditating or I just need some peace and quiet to myself. Or, I just need a moment to myself. I'm, mm. oh, they take off their shoes sometimes when they forget to wear their shoes in the garden. And then I'm like, where's your shoes? And they're like, I'm grounding. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, oh, <laughs> I guess I'll just wash your feet. That <laughs> yeah, is so Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just having them having the verbiage. Um, and so with um, in terms of taking time away, honestly, it was the most petrifying thing for me to do. Um, but I, I trust my partner and I trust um, the loving community that I have around me, my mother, my dad, my 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 in-laws, my my mother-in-law, and my sisters. I have I'm so blessed to have a community of people around me that love me. And even in this international sort of space that I'm in at the moment in Nairobi. Um, my mother-in-law flies in so she she came yeah. to stay with us for a month and 
um, I was able to like go, but um, it started off with just an overnight stay at my friend's house. Um, and we had a spa night there. And then I came back the next morning. I felt so amazing. Mm. And then it started off with a weekend trip with my friend. And then, and then it started off with maybe another weekend by myself or another day or an overnight somewhere. So it, it can, or, you know, even just your husband or your, your parents taking the kids, it can, yeah. it can start very small before taking an international flight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow oh but that sounds like uh like yeah really amazing and it seems like you're doing doing really good and I also think that what you do is actually um kind of raising children by inspiration I feel you want to it's, it's much better for them to learn actually through like your behavior and what you practice like you're practicing what you preach instead of telling them what to do but then not really showing them that's the right way to to live so I think that's very inspiring I mean for for the listeners Thank but you. for your for your children as well I think that's a beautiful way to teach them what is important and yeah thank you what was the happiest moment in your life oh I've had many 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 happy moments honestly and, and I think um I know rather you know I think but like the most happiest moments were the most simplest moments for me yeah life is truly simple and <laughs> <laughs> um, that for me was um when I had my children mm. I couldn't I didn't even know I could have children <laughs> Not not biologists, but I I didn't know I was capable of being a mother, and um, I'm a little child and a very selfish child. <laughs> I grew up very spoiled, <laughs> loved, so I didn't know that I could share, you know, outside of my husband. So when I had my kids, it was like, oh my goodness, I love you. Um, especially when I had my daughter, which really, really, really um, sort of inspired me because when I gave birth to her and I had a look it was almost like she was a reflection of me like it was just like oh my goodness I birthed myself and now I want this new version of me of her to be um yeah to just have the best example of life and um with first child um I went through postnatal depression and I didn't know um, after being a career woman, I had a moment then transitioned to being a stay-at-home mom. And it was very, very difficult for me, even though it's honestly such a privilege to be a stay-at-home mom. For me, it was um, the most hardest thing I've had to do in my life. And um, obviously now I'm a lot more appreciative for the fact that I was able to stay at home and I'm still able to have the flexibility. But at the time, it was just like, what am I doing with my life? And um and so, yeah, it, it jolted me into, um, into experiencing postnatal depression. I didn't have um, access to good therapist at the time. Um, yeah, so the happiest moments was overcoming that, first of all. Mm. Um, birthing my daughter, um, going through therapy and overcoming some things and just realising, oh, I had to go through those things, like, Life is not linear, like life comes to you in moments. And I've had to go through those things for me to know what I know and guide them through life. Um, I got married, it was also a happy moment um, <laughs> because I got married. I feel like, you know, people say, you know, um, 
you find someone yeah you find someone that completes you um I feel like you find somebody that compliments you you know you mm. must be complete before you um yeah so for me I was all I felt complete and um, when I took my vows I felt complete and I felt happy and I felt like I was ready for this journey um seeing my parents after long like after long travels because at the moment I'm living all these different places and I don't get to see my parents as much as I'd love to so seeing my parents um makes me absolutely happy um connecting with friends eating amazing food mm-hmm. um having food delivered <laughs> and you can just imagine like what we live in Nairobi so sometimes you're craving a taste and you're like oh can you find me that that sweet and the well, you know, somewhere in Casablanca and then somehow somebody brings that sweet tea and it's like, ah, this is heaven. <laughs> or like sweets from like back home, like England or, oh, it's just amazing. Or, you know, just burning frankincense as well is another thing that I really enjoy listening to um, spiritual text, to reading spiritual text. And yeah, seeing smiles. So many different things make me happy. Right? <laughs> Wow, but yeah, so many, so many beautiful things from like, I think the very little things to the the very big thing in life. What you also said is that happiness sometimes comes with, with sadness as well. Or when we experience uh, the sadness, then we can like appreciate the, the happiness even, even mm-hmm. more. When you said you had to like overcome your, um, did you remember what your, your biggest kind of realization or like, what kind of changed your um your life like doing doing therapy oh so many different things so the first my first experience with um therapy and like I said the world of social media and therapy has thoroughly changed over the years even the concept even after talking about postnatal depression it was not something that I had access to seven years ago and mm. um, so my thing was I lived in a very affluent place and I had access to an amazing insurance company whatever I had access to things and somehow mm. I couldn't find myself a good therapist mm. and um, every therapist that I found either judged me I felt I felt judged I felt I didn't feel I didn't feel like I was related to even though as a mm. woman postnatal depression um But yeah, postnatal depression is such an experience and part and parcel of being a mother sometimes. Mm. Um, I just couldn't find that um, therapist that I've met could transcend and meet me where I needed to, to be, where, where I needed to be met. And it's no it's no fault of their own, honestly, because like I said, therapy has changed dramatically over the years. Mm. Um, but what helped me tremendously, and this is something that I encourage all my friends to do, is doing video journals. So on my laptop, I have this mm. record device. Um, I think it's called Photo Booth, yeah. So I just used to open Photo Booth and speak to myself. Wow. It sounds quite bizarre talking about it now, but I just used to speak to myself and talk about my feelings, the things that really gave me deep fears, um, what worried me. You know, and a lot of the things that came up that I was able to sit through was that I needed support from my family, even though my husband was tremendously helpful. I felt like I needed a tribe of women around me, which is very instinctual because when a woman births, she doesn't, it takes a whole village to look after a mm-hmm. woman and the baby. So um, I I was able to to hear that. I was able to hear 
um, that I'm okay to tell people that I'm actually still not able to connect to my child, you know, which mm. for me, I was like, oh my goodness, how can I share that as a new mom? And you know, you're around moms that are completely in awe of their children. I, I did have that awe, but it was also a sense, it was, it was accompanied by a sense of fear. I'm like, oh my goodness, what if I hurt you? I don't want to hurt you, you know? Um, where, where you've mentioned that space of love and fear can coincide in the same space. Mm. Um, so yeah, just looking at myself, um, and then sort of weeks later, I would go back to the videos and just see how far I've come wow. in my journey. And, and then I continued and I continued and, I, and then I incorporated small things into my routine, i.e. I'm going to promise to go yoga tomorrow at 7 a.m. before my husband goes to work. And then I would mm. wake up and be there. And the next morning, would be like, a few weeks later, would be like, maybe I, sh- I should do the morning walk with my friend at 6.30 before yoga. And then I did that. And then it was you know, little things that I would promise myself to do or, you know, keep a journal today and only say nice things about yourself, you know? Mm. Because one time I said I was doing something and I was like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Mm. And my husband turned around and was like, Why would you, you're not an idiot. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, I have a child who's listening to this. And of course I know I'm not an idiot, but it's such an habitual language that we've incorporated, mm. that we've incorporated into our everyday, um, you know, language. And for me, English is not my first language. I speak multitude of languages. And I found that, for me, I found that sometimes English can be limiting, but it's so mm. habitual at the same time because it's spoken everywhere. And um, sometimes, you know, like in my, in my language, I could have found another word. For example, in Arabic, I could have found another word, um, but it was, I just leaned into that, you know, I'm an idiot. And I was like, oh no, I, I'm not, no. Mm-hmm. So then I, I, I'd incorporate that into the video and say, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Um, so yeah, that's how I was able to overcome is just holding myself, honestly, just wow. taking a moment to hold myself and um, and holding myself also meant physically, like physically mm-hmm. just hold myself and um in the bath cry when I want to um um yeah and tell myself that I'm actually doing okay as a mama I don't have to be the best mom I just have to be a good mom for my son and um yeah and he's he's a happy child and uh, he's actually looking at me at the moment in the garden (laughs) (laughs) and you know that's my goal is to raise um just happy 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 children and it makes me cry because um your our intentions and our um world might not um the world might not facilitate what our intentions are but it's so crucial to facilitate that at home um in the small moments um with our children yeah yeah that's why I'm so old school with technology (laughs) (laughs) honestly I'm like an old like an old dude with technology I still know what's happening um but as long as I have the basics to communicate I'm fine so we we have no technology no tv um and it works for us yeah wow now there are actually so many things (laughs) um you shared there I want to (laughs) uh kind of um, dive in a little bit more I mean first like I think the the video journaling is um like a Mm -hmm. super super good tool I would love to share with our uh, listeners actually so you said there is a special app or program you're using 
I, I use a photo booth. And the reason I didn't do it with my phone is because I didn't want to be on the go doing these journal entries. I wanted mm. to sit down and be intentional with the time that I give. I was very much like, today, after my son takes a nap, I'm going to sit down after my tea, after my prayer, and give myself 20 minutes to do a check-in. So, mm, nice. Yeah. So have you done every day 20 minutes or would that be the time frame? Yeah, I gave myself a time frame, an arbitrary time frame, but sometimes I went over and sometimes it was less. Uh, for how long did you do it? Or are you still doing it? Or did you? I still do it. You still, <laughs> I still do, do it. it. Wow. Um, and it's in and out. It's in and out of like, so sometimes I go back into it and I'm consistent with it. And then sometimes I take a I take a break, um, but I mm. do find other ways in with myself. Mm. Um, this time without you know being recorded, but I just you know I'm just like oh you know so during my morning ritual or my night ritual uh, when I burn my incense I just it's like oh you know I've had a wonderful day today and you know um, I've accomplished this and or oh, I've had this little you know, fear that was niggling in my, like, you know, not, you know, niggling in my heart today or things like that. Um, so yeah, I do that. And mm. just last week, actually, my daughter was saying, she speaks to herself. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's wonderful. And she's like, I don't find it weird at all. And I was like, no, it's not weird. It's absolutely mm. fine. Yeah. <laughs> she must have like danced <laughs> over maybe someday and saw me speaking to myself. Um, but yeah. Yeah. But it, it's so interesting because I feel like just uh, yesterday I listened also to um, a podcast um, interview where they're actually sharing that they made studies with um, people who survived um, like the Second World War, who survived actually like Auschwitz or the concentration camps. They've been kind of silent about their feelings for like 40 plus years not sharing their stories and because it was so kind of like horrible what they experienced like they felt they couldn't really like share that with other people because nobody kind of wants to hear that and they didn't want to like maybe you know drag them down and um, then there was this guy who started to interview them so they were able to to share and there were actually like studies then that even like a, a year after that they felt like so much better and happier and they started to also I mean share that with others but it gave them so much kind of relief that they could actually speak about it then they mentioned that yeah that is actually very therapeutic just to talk about things so it's not even if you therapist or a coach or a friend but as you say like if you do video journaling it's just um, like important to kind of get it out of your your system in a way and then also when you actually yeah speak out the the words then um, kind of it gives another like structure like in your brain so you have the the possibility to kind of organize the the chaos let's say whatever is going on and then after you're feeling better when you when you let it out so I think yeah that's a, a super cool tool and I think for the listeners it doesn't really matter I mean I can share the um for everybody who has a Mac like the app you're using but um I'm sure there are other ways to record videos or yeah you could just do it with your with your phone as well but I, I like that kind of taking the time to sit down and do it um, maybe at the same place and having that that moment where you where you do it but I yeah find it 
super inspiring. Yeah, I I really love that 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 story that you mentioned. I'd love to read it about about that as well. And it's definitely so. What I love about the self sort of the video journal, specifically the video, is that you visually see yourself. Mm. And pain has a physical implications on ourselves as well, like mm. stress, for example. Like you physically feel different. You're hunched over. You're sad. You, mm. you know, um, yeah. your eyes might be red, for example. So for me, it was also seeing myself physically and just seeing a shell of a woman that I don't really recognize when I went back into my, um, when I went back weeks later, I was like, oh, who is she? Mm. Who have I become? That is me. But I also found a way to be compassionate with myself and give space to that woman that was reflected to me. And uh, knowing that we go through waves in lives and nothing ever stays consistent, but mm. what's, what, what, what we must maintain is a sense of, who we are and that comfortability to be able to talk to ourselves about ourselves and for me I found that when I went to therapy the first time I sort of was a bit orchestrated because I'm this veiled black woman that's coming into an office in you know an area that's predominantly of a different race and I am talking about issues from a country that's completely foreign to some people and they're just like what is going on Mm -hmm. and you know I just yeah so it was very very interesting and just giving myself that that space to say you know what just give yourself 10 minutes today make your tea while your baby's sleeping and let yourself pour and sometimes it was just me staring at myself because I just had nothing to say sometimes it was me just being sometimes it was me just um listening to something else but it was just me being with the uncomfortable feeling of being with myself if that makes sense mm, yeah. um so for, so for yeah so for some of the listeners who don't have access to a computer or may not have access to a telephone um I like um and I don't know what her name is but I really love um this woman um Louise Hay, she does mirror work. Mm. Yeah, mirror, mirror work. So um, she has introduced the concept where you know you can speak different affirmations to yourself in front of a mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't necessarily have to do the affirmations, but just standing still and looking at yourself in the mirror for a few moments. Mm. Um, you can be clothed and nude, whatever makes whatever is to your comfort comfortability. But just knowing that we have to be okay in our skin. We have to be okay in who we are in our, um, so to speak, shells. Because mm. if we're not okay in the space that we're abiding in at the moment, we can't expect the world to reflect that to us, uh, reflect love to us rather. Mm. You know, the world will always reflect love to you because that's just the bounty of who the one is. Um, but through humans, yeah. yeah the energy is going to be so uneven you know yeah so yeah that mirror work like I will I put that in the show notes as well and uh, I have actually done that when I was um like uh, going through a depression myself and also when I lived in the UK I feel like somebody uh, gave me the advice and I, I spoke like some affirmations and I just said I love you and I see you and I accept you like to myself and I said that every morning to myself 
in the mirror. Yeah, it definitely helped. I mean, like I cried a lot as well. But I think that's also the same thing what we have with Bikram yoga, because with Bikram yoga, we always have the mirrors and we are kind of forced to like look inside that mirror for like 90 minutes. And I feel we are like not used to it to really look at kind of our, our souls, like look ourselves in the eyes and not because usually when we're in front of a mirror, like we check, like, how do I look? Like, how do my clothes look? Like, how is my makeup or my hair? But we don't really look at ourselves. And I feel like in Bikram Yoga, we're like forced to do that. And I know it's like so uncomfortable. And it was also so uncomfortable for me when I like started my my practice. And I, I see that with like new students, like they look on the floor and they look on the ceiling and they look everywhere. But um, to look at yourself and like, like see who you truly are and what you say, like we are actually love and we are um, more than our like physical appearance and and to see that that can be very healing absolutely um and i discovered yoga well my husband my husband introduced me to bikram yoga and during that breakup phase it was the most beneficial thing to me like it was the most oh my goodness (laughs) because with bikram yoga you know your hair is up you're wearing no makeup in my case, I had to, you know, tie tie my um, scarf backwards and you're sweating. Mm. And the beauty of, of the sweat is that sometimes your tears can be disguised as a sweat and it's complete silence. All you hear is the teacher's voice and your sheer determination. Is it a dog ball? Is it the English dog <laughs> ball determination yeah. in the mirror? And it's just you and you, you and you and that guiding voice. And... I take that concept with me everywhere. It's just me and me and the guiding force. Mm. So yeah, Bikram yoga is tremendously transformative. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I should do an episode just about that. <laughs> I feel. Is there any book you've read that changed your your life, really inspired you? Books, yes. Books, yeah. Um quote but the, the the beautiful quote that I love to share with people um I'll, I'll start with a quote and then I'll give you a book recommendation okay. a book recommendation because there's so many um is um people will meet you as deeply as they've met themselves mm, um, yeah. so when you're on this journey um of going deeply into yourself you will encounter so many different people and even the even the friends and the network around you will will somehow become different and you'll have a new lens to life and a new perspective and ways of looking at things. So for me, when I stumbled upon that quote is at a time where the people around me were really changing and it was almost like, you've changed. How dare you change? But I was like, don't you want me to grow? Don't you want me mm. to like, you know, delve into the vastness of life and love and self-appreciation like why does it offend you that I've changed and so coming across that quote for me was like they were they're on their own journey and sometimes it's quite daunting to go inside and really look at the inner workings of yourself it's quite it's a it's the most daunting thing you could ever do I, I feel anyway it's quite yeah. to, to really confront yourself is not an easy task so yeah I love that quote and I 
you know, I share that with my with my peers, my students, with my with my friends, with my, you know, sometimes when, when people come to me and they complain about somebody, I'm like, you know, just know that that person is not where you are yet. Mm. And it's nothing, it's nothing personal. They just, they're on a different trajectory and so are you. So that's, that's a quote that I love. And I don't know who said it and I should know. <laughs> um, but it's just when I came across it, I was like, wow, you know, so that's people will only meet you as deeply as they've met themselves. Um, a book that I love so much. Oh my goodness. First of all, I love the Holy Quran. I love my spiritual text. And it took me a while, actually, even though I was born and raised as a Muslim, it took me a while to sort of come to appreciate my faith um, mm. because it was always a thing that, oh goodness. Um, you know, Muslims are crazy. <laughs> so for me, it was like, even though I grew up in such a loving family, um, in such a loving community, um, and I've read, you know, the Quran and was able to memorize some chapters in my youth. Um, it's just, I haven't looked back at it. So um, when I got married and moved to Los Angeles, I took a very scenic route to spirituality. And I, you know, went into... I delved into meditation from the perspective of Buddhism and Taoism and other things. And it always led me back to the simplicity of the Quran and spiritual texts. And I love reading the Bible as well. So it always led me back to that. And um, so I love reading spiritual texts. That's, that's, that's um, definitely at the top, on top there. Another, I'll, I'll draw another book that I read, uh, two books by the same author is The Alchemist. And um manuscripts from Accra. Okay. I would say that was yeah. Manuscripts from Accra was a great well by the same author. Nice. Yeah, read the the Alchemist as well by Paolo Coelho. And uh actually thank you for mentioning because yeah. Uh, nobody has mentioned it so far, and I feel that's like one of the most kind of inspiring spiritual books you could read. And it's also such a nice like story, and it's a, a short book actually, but it is so profound. And just like, yeah, and I feel everybody gets something else out of it. Um, and probably also if you read it multiple times, like you get new learnings out of it. But. Um, May yeah. I ask, how do you um, teach, like, I think, religion or, like, spirituality to your children? Like, when you read the, the Quran and the Bible, but then you're also such a spiritual person. Do you teach them all of the different aspects? Um, so I teach them the foundations first, the foundation of love, um, kindness, um, generosity. And they each have a prophetic name. So my oldest one is Khalil. Um, that's also another name that was given to Abraham, Prophet Abraham. Mm -hmm. So I teach him about the stories of Abraham. My daughter is called Maryam. That's also Mary, the mother of Jesus in the Bible and the Quran. And then my other youngest one is called Musa, which is the story of Moses and in, in, in the Bible and both the Quran. So I, I start off by just teaching them about the stories of um, uh, who their names were inspired by. And um, I was very intentional with every pregnancy to connect spiritually. And in, by reading those stories of the prophets, those names sort of came to me. And Khalil means a loyal friend. Khalil is, he was, Prophet Ibrahim was a friend of God. And so mm. I was very intentional in naming my kids names that would sort of 
get them through life. And my intention was that I wanted my my firstborn, Khalilullah, to also uh, Khalil rather, <laughs> to know that he too can be a friend of God. That mm. that name was limited to the Prophet Ibrahim, that he too can be a friend of God. And that if ever he goes through life and loses his footing or loses his path, he like I want him to know that you also have mm. that connection. And Mary, for me, oh, the story of Mary is just so tremendous. It's so vast and so encapsulating of, of a woman, womanhood, you know, the, mm. the childhood of Mary, the, the, the miracle of the birth of Jesus, alayhi salam. And so I, I really just wanted her also to embody that strength that Mary had. And I, I tell her um, that you're carrying the name of Mary and it's such a responsibility and it's such a beauty and it's such a strength and and my little Moses <laughs> and I, I love the story of Moses as well he was um not a, not a perfect prophet in the sense that he's done many like mistakes like he was a very relatable prophet um mm. you know I wouldn't say mistakes but he's um he's a for me I, I just love his stories of like trial and I call him my little hurricane he's really taught me like he's really taught me the essence of motherhood because my other two children were so like oh zen and then comes Musa and it's like ah <laughs> I really have to step into my um role both as a mother and as a protector so um and as a guider so um so I teach them through um, the fundamentals of love and and the message of the truth and the universal truth and then yeah the stories and then wow. practice as well practice yeah um yeah through practice I think children definitely learn more through example than they do through sitting down and talking yeah. about you know you ought to do this and that yeah so how do you practice for them what do you do? So they see me pray yeah so I'm like oh I have to pray and then they sort of sit next to me what do you you know what do you want um to pray for you can ask and then sometimes they're like I wish I had it <laughs> you know, like, I wish we did this as you know as as an experience and just them knowing that uh you know prayers are not limited to adults and that mm. it's a language that can both be speaking that can both be spoken by adults and children and all of humankind um and just seeing me in practice. So um, much of the things that I've eliminated through my journaling is, um, you know, self, like sabotaging self-talk, thinking, um, giving people benefit of the doubt so that when someone is mean or whatever, I'm just like, you know, they're on their journey and we can't take that personally. And again, going back to my favorite quote, and it's also, um, you know, in, in faith and, and taught to us um, spiritually. Um, yeah, and then we've also had the amazing um, privilege of being able to travel to Mecca, and I really want to take them to, yeah. you know, Jerusalem one day. I really want them to experience different um, spiritual sites. Yeah. And... Um, yeah history and they go yeah so that's how I teach them well I try (laughs) I feel like you're doing a a great job and uh, like it sounds amazing actually and I feel like yeah as you say like teaching teaching love and teaching 
and get like the the meaning more of like life and existence and uh, yeah like uh, compassion and and values like sharing values more than than concepts um i guess that's like super super beautiful and uh, but now you have to tell me because i feel like you're the first person i know who traveled to to mecca Where, when was that and how was that The first time was when I was so heavily pregnant with my second child and it was a gift by my dad. Um, he found out later on that I was, um, I suffered postnatal depression with my first child. So with my second child, I'm such a prude of my parents. So sometimes when I get pregnant, I'm like, I'm just somehow stumbled and got pregnant and I have a bump now. So my dad found out really later that I was pregnant. He was like, that's amazing. What? guess what? I want to treat you. And I was like, where? So he said, I want to um, I want us all to experience a trip to Mecca so it's me my dad my husband and I left my son with my with my sister at the time so that was my first time I was eight months pregnant and that's wow. where the name Mar Mariam was inspired by because I didn't have a name at eight months pregnant I still didn't have a name um how we felt honestly as a pregnant woman because um there's also a story in both the, the bible and um and the Quran the story of um Oh, Hajar, I don't know the biblical translation for her name, but she's the mother of um, Israel, I think. So Ismail, she's the mother, she's the, she, she was the wife of um, Prophet Ibrahim, where she's had to travel, where she's had to run between two months of Safa and Marwa. And shortly after me doing that experience, pregnant was just so profound. And I was able to do so many things. And, you know, when you see like a holy site in pictures and TV in a textbook, and then you're finally able to experience it. I think for a moment I had a, a sort of out of body experience. I was like, am I really here? What is going on? Um, yeah. So that was amazing. And I was with my parents, which was also special because I felt Once again, I felt like a child, even though um, I was pregnant. I was traveling with my husband and two of my other siblings and his family. Um, I felt like I had my parents' love again. My parents were so careful with me and, you know, holding my hands and, you know, like pushing people aside because it gets really busy. And they're like, oh, you know, my, my daughter's pregnant. <laughs> Give space. Wow. So that was nice, <laughs> having that treatment and um And just seeing them, and another thing, I accompanied them to a date one day. My parents are so loving. They demonstrate love so beautifully. Um, so one day I accompanied them. I just followed them. They were going out on a date, and I just followed them. <laughs> and they were holding hands. So as soon as my mom, and they're African parents, but <laughs> which, like, intimacy for them is just like, what? You just came about in a blink. <laughs> probably explains why I'm such a prude sometimes but um I, I saw them holding hands and I got my camera out to take a photo and as soon as my mom noticed she turned around and she was like ah! and then my, my dad went on to put his arm around her and like hug her closer which was just some of the most fondest memories of that trip and I'm Aww. like hey guys I'm just waddling behind you I want to just accompany you to this day and yeah it was had dinner it was lovely um so yeah those those are the Aww. moments and the memories that I had on the trip That was my yeah. first time, yeah. Wow. And the second time was when I was pregnant with Musa. Um, yeah, and it was a very early pregnancy, so I was still feeling really sick and 
Um, but it was lovely seeing the other, other, other two enjoy and see the holy site and just be like so amazed. And now when I tell them stories, they're like, we've been there. Well, I mean, we've been there. So mm. yeah, that was a second time. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess like, thank you for sharing all of this, all these beautiful, like super inspiring stories. And I see yeah, a lot about, a lot about love in, in your life and, and faith. And, and happiness I wish you like all the best on, on your journey um, on your, your own journey and your journey raising your, your beautiful children and the way you do and thank you so much for, for being you and, and sharing all of this thank you thank you so much for this platform thank you for you thank you for being the most phenomenal yoga teacher honestly I used to love your classes and I can't wait for you to come back to Nairobi and um, thank you for collecting these beautiful stories from phenomenal women around the world and um, gratitude really definitely puts a different perspective um, to things in life because if you worry about the woes you will find them in every corner but if you think about the bigger picture and the beauty the simplicity and the beauty around us we'll, we will find um, moments of happiness and joy for sure yeah so thank you bye. <laughs> bye too. thank you too i hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and i didn't promise too much i think it's very inspiring to hear how elham is raising her children If you happen to be in Nairobi, please come to Become Yoga Nairobi and try a class, meet this amazing community and experience this transforming yoga yourself. I will be there for the following two months teaching and I would love to meet you there. Also, I'm organizing a yoga retreat in Diani from the 14th until 20th of March and we have a couple of places left. So if you're here in Kenya, make sure you book your space. We also have people coming from Europe and we are doing a safari after the retreat. So come to Kenya. It's such a wonderful country with warm and welcoming people. And I'm sure you will love it here as well. You can find more information on my website, happinesssafari.com. I wish you a wonderful day, no matter where in the world you are. I'm so happy you took the time to listen, whether you are walking, cycling, cooking, or whatever you're doing. I'm always so happy to hear from you. So please let me know how you like this episode, comment on my Instagram, or write me a personal message, and please share the podcast with your friends. I'm looking forward to connecting with you. Have a great week. Be happy. Love and namaste.